Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Somebody say, Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I bless the Lord for those worshipers right there. Come on, bless the Lord for those worshipers. Let me tell you what I love about what I'm experiencing, what I'm sensing right now, is pure worship. Not worship for form and fashion. Not worship because somebody's looking at you. Um, if I believe if it was nothing but those two in the room, I believe they worship the same way. Why am I saying that? Because I sense that in the room right now. Can we take a moment and worship the Lord? Can we honor his presence right now? Even if, you're, if you can stand, if you can just honor God's presence. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say, I need his presence. We need your presence. We want your presence. We can't live without your presence. While my message may not be long, Father, your presence lasts forever. And I want to live in your presence forever. I want to live in your presence forever and ever. Amen. Come on, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Before you take your seats, I want you to understand that your greatest pleasure to the Lord will always be your worship. Your greatest pleasure to the Lord will always be your obedience. Why, why, why do I say that? Look, at I just said obedience and worship. Watch this. Because your obedience is worship. See, worship is not what we're doing swaying back and forth. Worship is not a song. What we're doing today is nothing simple than uh, a loved ones who kiss each other goodnight. Me kissing my sons goodnight or my daughter goodnight or even my wife goodnight before they go to bed is not my devotion to them is simply an affectionate expression of my devotion but it's not my devotion why am i saying that jesus was betrayed with a what a kiss why am i saying that what we're doing now is beautiful but if we're if we think this is just worship then we're off this is simply our good morning kiss to god this is simply our hug to Jesus. That's what we're doing. We're hugging God. We're saying, yeah. We're, that's why you don't want to go in God's house and not give him a greeting and not be affectionate towards him. This is his house. Come in my house and not speak to me. I would think you very rude. Come in my house and not respect the leadership in, in my, own, my own physical house. So let's make sure we have that mentality, and it's here. It is here, and I wanted to honor that and praise God for that. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to have you sit down in a second, but while you're still standing, I don't know if they're watching or not. I don't know if they're in Turks and Caicos or Barbados or Jamaica. I don't know if they are in Atlanta. Because they went off the grid. They ain't telling where they were going. Now. <laughs> I never had told y'all. I don't know where you are. I know you're English, so I'm about to mess with you, Pastor Riley. I don't know where you at. But wherever you be, I'm messing it all up. Don't edit me. Don't edit me. Wherever you are, we love the Rileys. Hallelujah. We love the Rileys. They are 
some of the most, I would say the most, but I love people in here too, and you are also just as genuine. But they are some of the most genuine people that I've ever met. And I've been blessed, blessed to know them uh, for quite some time. Um, and they're just so genuine. And see, yes, the dynamic preachers, dynamic singers, dynamic prophets, and um, teachers, ministers, they do so many great things in the things of God, but they're very gifted. Like, they're very gifted. See, y'all may know that some of y'all don't, but they're also very well connected. Like, they have a lot of resources. They have a lot. They know a lot of people in a lot of high places, and they don't walk around like they know them. They don't walk around like they don't. I never hear them name drop. And they sit with some of the most famous people in the world, not just the country, the world. I know that personally. And they walk us, with us and never name drop. Now, I name drop them because they're that great. I do. Uh, you know, you know, you know, Colin, you know, Pastor Colin, you know, Bishop Riley. They're just great people. Um, but I want to honor them. So I want to thank God for them in this house. Thank you, uh, Minister Barnes, uh, for opening up today with fervor and passion. And this is great, y'all. You all may be seated at this time. Again, I don't have a long message, but I do have a strong message. Uh, I want to thank God for these beautiful young ladies here serving in the church. Yes, serving at the door and praying. She was doing her own praise dance right here. She said, I'm going to put myself on program, even if you don't put me on program. I'm on the program. I'm going to make up my dances. She is a choreographer. Uh, amazing, amazing, amazing. Y'all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, I'm going to dig right in. Y'all, I'm really, really excited about um, what the Lord has shown me. Um, and and I'm, I'm more so excited about what the Lord has shown me because I'm excited about what our lives get to be as a result of this message. Um, today, what I hope to do is to affirm some things you already know, to amplify things that may be swept under the rug a little bit when it comes to our life in Christ. And lastly, this is probably going to be a part two of what Bishop Riley taught the other day about everyday life. I don't know if y'all heard that, but that message was timely. That was an apostolic message. That was one of those messages where that was soul food right there. That's meat and potatoes message right there. That, that, was, that wasn't no junk food. That wasn't Cheetos right there. He gave us some solid food, and so I hope to just um, simply add to um, the message that was ministered to. Uh, real quickly, y'all, the Declaration of Independence. See, we're, we're going to be celebrating uh, July 4th, uh, Independence Day, where uh, we'll be talking about or we'll be celebrating uh, our independence as a country, per se. And in the Declaration of Independence, there was this phrase that says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal that they are endowed with certain inalienable rights, that among those rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That was from the Declaration of Independence. Somebody say independence. And a lot of people talk about independence, and they, in, the, in our world, in our society, independence is, is, is amplified. It's like uh, it's a banner of honor. It's a badge of honor when you have independence. But let me tell you something about independence real quickly. Independence means free from outside control. Not depending on anything or any authority. Not depending on another livelihood or subsistence. Webster's definition says self-governing. Not affiliated with a larger controlling unit. Not relying on something else. Not looking to others for one's opinions or not looking for guidance in conduct. So our country, our world, 
allows us to celebrate the fact that we can be what we want to be, do what we want to do, be free. If I want to be a girl tomorrow, I can be a girl tomorrow and you can't stop me. Matter of fact, if I want to be a giraffe tomorrow, I can tell you I'm a giraffe and what you're going to do about it. Why? Because I'm just living my truth. I'm living my truth because I have the independence to do so. All right? That's for our country. For the kingdom of God, why is this going to mess you up? For the kingdom of God, we also have the same right to be what we want to be. Doesn't mean that right is good, though. Bible says, I set before you life and death. Choose life. So the, so the kingdom of God offers to us, watch this, a higher truth. A truth. Matter of fact, I'll say it like this. The kingdom of God offers to us the truth. And here's that truth. We are privileged by God with the opportunity to be devoted to God, guided by his spirit, and live as Christ in the earth. What does that mean? We have been blessed by God. Watch this. Not to be independent. I'll say it one more time. We've been blessed by God not to be independent. Hear this. If my son, 13 years old, if I offered to him, my oldest son, if I gave him independence right now, I say, you're independent of me. You're independent of what I, how I teach you. You're independent of the conduct that I'm guiding you by. You're, you're, you're independent. You can do what you want to do. He says, okay, Dad, I'm independent. I want to drive the car to Georgia. His independence gives him the right to do so. But guess what happens? He's not ready to handle the independence that he thinks he wants. So just because he's independent now, his independence could cost him his life. What am I saying? Our independence, we want to be independent. Independent may feel good, but it's not always good for you. So we've been blessed by God not to be independent because God has given us something, watch this, that we can't handle on our own. We've been given something that we cannot control. We've been given something that we, we need dependence on, dependence on God on to be able to handle. What is that? We've been given life. I can't handle this life by myself. Y'all, I can't trust myself. See, I'm a vegetarian. All right, I don't, I don't eat meat. Every once in a while, I was here lately, for about 10 plus years, I've not eaten meat or fish or anything. Uh, just here recently, I eat salmon here and there or a little fish here and there uh, very, very occasionally and even stopped doing that just because I like how my body feels without meat. It wasn't nothing spiritual or anything. It was more so I did a cleanse years ago. I like how my body felt after that, and I stayed along that trajectory. Watch this. All right? So when doing that, eating meat, I realized something. The reason why I did that, y'all, is because, and I'm not doing an advertisement for anything, but I could not control myself when it came to Zaxby's Club sandwiches. I couldn't control myself. Like, I couldn't just eat one. I, could, I couldn't stop. So when I got a club sandwich, and I, you know, I, started, I wasn't eating beef or pork anyway, so I took the bacon off. When I was eating bacon, I was killing that. And I was, then I started just, just I just couldn't, there's something about with the mayonnaise and the sauce and the Zaxby's. It's just something about it that I couldn't stop. So in order to control myself, I had to take it from me. I had to take it from me because I couldn't handle, watch this, my what? Independence. I couldn't handle my independence to eat meat like I wanted to eat meat. And people might say, well, you got to just work on it. You know how I work on it? By stopping. 
Now, I don't know how you work. You may work on it by getting you a nutritionist or some type of whatever. whatever. I work on it by saying I have to get away from it. That's how I work on it. The Bible says if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. What am I saying? We got to be that extreme about wanting to please God. We got to be so extreme that we're willing to go without one of our limbs to honor God. So don't think that, because don't think willpower is what's going to allow you to live this life for God successfully. It ain't your willpower. Our willpower is not going to get us where we need to be. Because that's still independence. That's being dependent on what you, what's this. That's being dependent on your stamina, your endurance. We can't live this life without being dependent on God. So the title of my message is not life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Y'all, what is happiness anyway? What do I mean? 19 elementary school kids were shot and killed just by being students. Several people that were shopping in Buffalo, New York were killed just shopping. Patients and a doctor, two doctors were killed in Tulsa, Oklahoma just doing what they do. There were some people killed in a church in California. All this happened within a matter of a couple of weeks. A young boy, six years old, was gunned down in his home just on Friday, on May 13th, in Orangeburg County, South Carolina. Y'all, y'all, what is happiness? So while we can be happy about our favorite TV show, and we can be happy about our favorite dessert, and today you may go and get your favorite dinner or whatever, that is good that we're able to be happy. But can I tell you, while you're enjoying happiness, some people right now are, are experiencing the nightmare of their lives. I want y'all to feel this, y'all. Some people are experiencing the, 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 the greatest tragedy they have. They don't even know what happiness is, and they don't feel like they can know happiness. Watch this. Some of them don't even want to know happiness. When a child, when a parent drops their child off at school, go, to, go back to school to visit them for awards, awards day. Then the kids say, I want to go back with you since we just had awards day. And the parents say, no, no, you stay here. Uh, for awards, I mean, you stay here. But I want to go home after awards day. No, you stay here. And that's the last time they see their kids because some crazy person walks into school and ends their lives. Those parents, some of those parents say, I don't want to know happy. So then is happiness something that we really should be going after when happiness is not strong enough to hold us? Because for people to get healed of all the things I just mentioned, why not just tell them, don't worry, be happy. Why not just tell them that? In the name of Jesus, be happy. Won't work. So what do you do? Here's the only way for it, because see, we people of God, we, we know all these things are happening in the world, and there's a little bit of, 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 of remorse. When we're happy because we're like, man, I'm, I'm sitting with my daughter, hugging my son tighter, and other parents can't do that. It doesn't mean you don't have a right to stay happy, but I want to offer to you something that's going to allow you to be able to be happy with where you, what your life is, but also still be in a position where you can intercede for others. And so you can be in a position where you're able to go through anything, and it will not take you out. Y'all, my message today can't be life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness because it can't stand. My message is life, liberty, and the pursuit of Jesus. Amen. Life, liberty, 
in the pursuit of Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Look at that name, y'all. Just look at the name. At the mention of that precious name, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What does Lord mean? Lord means owner. You know how you have a landlord who owns the building that you rent or the, the room that you rent is your landlord because they own it? We have a Lord who owns not just the property I live on. He owns me. Somebody say he owns me. See, we love the songs. We love to sing the songs. And he tells me that I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none of ever have ever known. Jesus, 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 there's something about that name. Sing one if you know it. Master. Savior, Jesus, like a fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth Proclaim that kings, kings and kingdoms shall all pass away, but there's something about that name, but there's something, but there's something about that name. There was a glory that entered the room when we sang that song. I see the mist in the room. Well, I, I, I purposely did that. Wasn't planned out in the script or anything like that. But as I saw his name, I said, why not sing his name? Why not put his name back out there again? Then my sister said, let's lift up the name of Jesus. That's what they said when they started singing. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. So many of our worshipers and inspirational songs don't even mention his name. One of the greatest tricks of the devil is for us to ignore and not acknowledge the name of Jesus. Because G Satan knows that the mention of his names, his name demons tremble. The same demon that went into those places and murdered people. Those demons tremble. And here, and that's an energy so much so now, when you got people saying, we don't need to pray. You know how people say we don't need to pray? Because they don't understand the power of his name. Like, Bishop Wall, that's the number one thing people are saying now. Uh, I ain't got time for prayer now. We need gun law. There's no time for prayer now. We need security. Yeah, we need all those things. I promise you we do. People got to do better in, in, in politics. But also, kingdom of God. Citizens. Yesterday I preached a message. I was talking to, um, in Chester, I ministered to uh, men at a men of honor service. And my message to them was, come on, man. That was my message. Come on, man. And man stood for M-A-N. Men arise now. Come on, man. That's what I told them. 
Because Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Watch this. For behold, this is for all of us, darkness has covered the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. What am I saying? As dark as it is, this is the greatest hour for the people of God. I'll say thank, thank you for testifying to that. As dark as it is, this is the greatest hour for the people of God. See, when people hear great, Katrina, they think great simply means this is the best. This is the most fondest. No, great means this is our time of strength. This is our time to be who we are. This is our time to shine as lights in the world. Y'all, we don't shine when it's light. We shine when it's dark. The greatest way to shine is when it's dark. And Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world and everything in Jesus, by way of the Holy Ghost, watch this, has been put on the inside of believers. Believers, not people who like Jesus, people who want to be like Jesus. See, that's a difference. It's a difference, in, it's a difference between being like Jesus and liking Jesus. A lot of people like Jesus, but very few chosen ones want to be like Jesus. Which one are you? Which one are you? Want you like him or you want to be like him? See, a lot of us talk about uh, WWJD. What would Jesus do? I'm tired of them asking that question. Because if they look at the scriptures, they'll know exactly what Jesus did. And not only that, it wouldn't be about what Jesus did. It would be about who Jesus is. I don't want to do what he did. I want to be who he is. Because when I am who he is, guess what? I'll do what he did. When I am who Jesus is, I will be, I will do what Jesus did. So I don't want to just mimic him. I want to be like him in my thoughts, in my actions, in my heart. And so how do you be like Jesus? Holiness. Obedience. God, let me tell you something. Uh, life, liberty, and pursuit of um, Jesus is not a, a, a priority message. It's, they're not requisites there. That's not life is the um, first grade, and then liberty is second grade, and then pursuit of Jesus is third. No, you don't graduate to this point. All that's together. That life, liberty, and the pursuit of Jesus is all together. Guys, we have to get on the same page about how we're going to walk out this kingdom life. Because, man of God, we got so many different versions of Christianity. There's like flavors at wall and out of ice cream. We got like different flavors of Christianity. Like you can like you can be saved and still cuss. You know? And then, your, and then your excuse is, God is still working on me. But in Philippians, I thought I heard it say, work out your own salvation. Hope y'all hearing this message. Because God is putting some, some responsibility back on his people. He said, they're putting too much responsibility on me when they're, and, they're not, and they're not holding themselves accountable at all. Because you don't get to be saved and talk the way you want to talk. Now, it doesn't mean that some things won't happen and you won't make mistakes and accidents won't happen and, and, and you won't intentionally do things. What it's saying is, your excuse can't be God is still working on me. Because I'm going to ask you, well, when are you going to start working with him? When are you going to start working with him? Why does God have to do all the work? He died for us, y'all. He sent his son, Jesus Christ. What else does he have to do? Like, he sent his best.
He sent his best to us. I'm telling you right now, to go and pull out the pot. I think I may have said this before several months ago. I'll, I'll say it again because it needs to be said again. There's nothing else better that God is going to do for us. He's already done his best. So if you're looking for something better than Jesus, it ain't happening. There's nothing better than Jesus. So unless this becomes your number one, and see, that's the great thing about God. He gave us his best in the beginning. A lot of times people don't wait until the very end, and they give you the best. They say they save the best for, for last. Jesus said they save the best for first. He called Jesus the firstborn. So we can be the firstborn of many brethren. Why? Because God wants us so much to be like Jesus that he wants us to be the firstborn of many brethren. It makes sense to me now when 1 Samuel 13, you have to go to it, but it talks about how David was a man after God's own heart. I love that. You know why I love that? Here's why I love that, and I'm going to make that tie to that, to that topic right there. I love my three kids right there. My daughter just walked in. I love my three kids. I do. Now, I love that people respect me when they respect me. I, I, I appreciate that. But you know what I love even more than people respecting me? When they respect my kids. When people are nice to my kids, when people treat my children right, you have favor with me. When you bless my children, when you encourage my children, when you correct my children, when you don't see them doing what they're supposed to do, when you place a value on my children, when you acknowledge my children, if I'm in the grocery store, and you say, hey, Mrs. John, and you also say hey to my kids, and not only that, you say hey to me first, then them, or vice versa, whatever you do, as long as you acknowledge them and us. It's something about that when you, when you treat my kids right. Hmm, why does that make sense to this? If David is a bad man after God's own heart, and if God requires us to be a man after God's own heart, men and women after God's own heart, I believe if you want some favor with God, might want to treat his son right. If you want to be in God's good graces, you might want to be real good with Jesus. Because let me tell you something how God feels about his son, Jesus. He cracked the whole sky for his son, Jesus. He said, Hold, behold, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. I love my baby. I love my only begotten son. You do right by him, you do right by me. So I, that makes sense to me. I said, if we want to pursue Jesus, you, gotta, you, you want to go after God, you got to go after Jesus. You got to go after Jesus. I said, yeah, I love, I love that, Lord. I love that, Lord. Y'all, because here's the thing. And I mentioned earlier about us being prayer warriors. Second Chronicles talks about if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Pray. Seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven. Then I'll heal their sins. Then I'll forgive their sins. Then I'll heal their land. Second Chronicles 7, 14. Then I'll heal their land. But a lot of people say, no, anytime I pray, all this stuff going on, anytime I pray. Oh, you want to be like Jesus? He sought after the Father. He humbled himself. Now, just told you now, Jesus was the Father. He and the fathers, they, and the world was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld the glory. The world was with God. The world was God. God was right there with Jesus in the very beginning. And, he, and Jesus, if he had to pray, why don't we have to pray? So we want to pursue Jesus. We got to be just like him. All right, let's go. Real quickly, I told you all that works together. John 10.10. 10. Can you go there for me? Go to John 10.10, 10, y'all. 
I'm almost done. John 10.10 10 says this. The thief what? Comes only to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have and enjoy life. And somebody mentioned abundant life earlier. I think Katrina said it. And have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. Now, again, if you want life, liberty, and, the, and, and, and Jesus, if you want life and liberty, you got to go out to Jesus. Like, like spend time with him. Y'all, we spend time with everything else but him. People. It's like, it's like God, Jesus has to get the last end of the stick. But he died for us. And, and, and I want to help you out with something, y'all. Again, going back to being like Jesus, being like Jesus, pursuing Jesus. If you want life and liberty, you want to walk out his everyday life successfully, you got to be like him. I told you Jesus was the most obedient of all God's children. The most obedient. Can I tell you something? This might mess your theology a little bit, but for God so loved the world that he did what? Gave his only begotten son. It never said Jesus so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why am I saying that? The one that was the most obedient in that story, the only way that was to be effective is if Jesus did exactly what God told him to do. God, Jesus didn't die because he loved the world. Watch this. Jesus died because he did what? He loved his father. I'll say it one more time. Jesus died because he loved his father. God sent Jesus because he loved us. So if you receive who he sent, then you receive the Father. And when you receive the Father, you receive the source of life. The thief comes to take that away. The thief knew, see, you don't miss what you have sometimes until it's gone. And Satan didn't know what he was missing until he was kicked out of heaven. He had no clue. He had no idea what he was missing until he got kicked out of heaven. And now he knows what he's missing. Because, y'all, people only still saw that was valuable. Don't y'all hear this now. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. Why would you think he's after you so much, Katrina? Because Satan knows that there's great value in you. So much so to God so loved you that he turned his son Jesus into sin so you can be righteous. That's what he did. That means he made you valuable. So valuable that Satan says, I'm about to steal it. And if I can't have it, nobody else will, so I'm going to kill it. Their influence. And if I can't kill their influence, I want to destroy their very existence. Watch this. Only if they let me. The only way Jesus can do that is if you leave the door open. So you can't steal nothing that's locked up and secure. But when you want to walk around all independent, you out there. See, people think you're free. You ain't free when you're independent. You're actually a slave to sin. I want y'all to hear me. You're not free when you're independent. You're a slave to sin. So when you are dependent upon the Lord, then you are actually free. You're slave to righteousness. You're free in Christ, in whom the Son sets free is the most purest freedom you can ever experience. Indeed freedom. See, Satan be offering that fake freedom. That freedom for a limited time only. That freedom only lasts as soon as you open up the package. He offers that freedom that as soon as you walk out the door, you lose it. Jesus offers freedoms that keeps growing and growing and growing. When you do a Matthew 11, 28, 29, it says, Come unto me, 
all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of Jesus. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find, chill out my children. You shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is he saying? You got a lot you're trying to carry on your own. Independent people. People who are trying to live the different versions of Christianity. We can have a little drink. We can do a little of this. We can listen to a little of that. Whatever that's not talking about God, we can indulge ourselves in. But on Sundays, we can put on our church face. Christianity. And ain't a lifestyle. As Bishop talked about the lifestyle of Christ. No, he says, when you learn of me, See, see, we're going to suffer anyway, y'all. We're going to suffer with Christ, and we're going to suffer without him. So it will make sense to me that if I suffer with Christ and gain, I'd rather do that than suffer with, the, with Satan and lose. I'd rather suffer with Jesus and gain rather than suffer with Satan and lose. See, he offers no benefit package, y'all. He offers no rewards. All he offers is death and damnation. But with Jesus, we have life and life more abundantly. Y'all, that's life. That's life. Romans 12, 1 and 2. All right, they're probably going to read the, from the, um, the Amp version. I'll just read it and say it as I know it. All right, this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. In the, in the Amplified, it says, Holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logic, intelligent act of service. Y'all, I love the kingdom of God life. Bishop Riley, I love the everyday life. You know why I love the everyday life? Because it's simple. We make this life so deep. I'm not telling you anything that's rocket science today. Verse 2 makes it even more plain. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable, thank you for KJV, and perfect will of God. Oh, what does that mean, be not conformed? That means just because it's shaped like a bottle don't mean you got to take the shape of the bottle. That means whatever you pour yourself into don't mean you got to take the shape of it. That means if you're working in a school, let's say if you work in a school, and the whole school believes in yelling at kids, don't be in Rome and do as Romans do. That's what that means. That means if you're in a, you go into a grocery store and everybody is dancing to Cardi B and that's playing over the radio, you say, oh, that means I must have to dance to Cardi B too. That means because you go to your family cookout and everybody is still uh, dancing and drinking and smoking. Don't mean, it just means you don't got to do what everybody else is doing just because everybody is doing it. Amen. That means when you're poured into something, you keep the shape of your father. Wherever your spirit goes, keep the shape and the conduct and the holiness and the context of your, son, of your, your Lord. That's, that's what that means. That means wherever I go, I bring the kingdom with me. Yes, ma'am. Let your light so shine. As a matter of fact, you might be there so they can see your light. Let your light so shine that they will see your good works and say, wow, everybody's doing one thing, but Ms. Wright continues to keep this standard. 
There's something about that because I'm not strong enough to, to, to not conform. So what does she have that I don't have? And I'll be like, I'm glad you asked. Now it's time to witness. Now it's time to proclaim this life that I'm living. Because once you get that, you'll be truly set free. So that's the life. That's life. Now liberty. Second Corinthians, y'all. Second Corinthians. Chapter 3, 17 and 18. I'm reading for Amplified. Somebody say spirit. spirit. Say spirit. spirit. Say not spirits, not spirit. but spirit. All right? So now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. That means emancipation from bondage, true freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being what? Transformed into his image. From one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. That's what I told you earlier when I said that when you're with Jesus, it keeps going and going and growing and growing. So when you're Jesus, you get renewed life. Meaning your outward man might decay and waste away. But as your outward man gets older and weaker, your inward man gets stronger and stronger. Your spirit has the ability to go often sometimes faster where your mind can't even go. That's why you're able sometimes to prophesy things that your mind doesn't even know. Y'all, I'm, I'm trying to offer the opportunity of a lifetime for us to do what? Enhance the natural life that God has given you. Enhance it. Enhance it. Because this is, it's, it's too much in the world right now. It's too heavy. It's too heavy. Maybe, maybe it's just therapy for me, y'all. But when I buried more kids this year than I went to graduations this year, this, this year, this year, I could have brought them, I left them at home. I have about four or five young people's yeah, about five young people's funeral programs. I have one graduation program. I can now, I've been going to more funerals than graduations. Instead of marrying these kids, I'm burying these kids. So that, that's my conviction. That's heavy for me. That's heavy. And they, and, and they range from six to 17. They range from kindergarten to senior year. One of them was supposed to graduate. No, two of them were supposed to graduate this year. They had empty seats at graduation. I went to a kindergarten graduation. He had an empty seat. I'm trying to bring us into context so we can stop walking around this world aimlessly. Walking around this world like our light doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Like the Holy Ghost inside of us has no purpose. I can't carry this. Sitting with parents, watching them cry and boo-hoo because their kids were killed by gun violence. That's heavy. But Philippians tells us, the Word of God says, I can do all things through the pursuit of Jesus. Through Christ that strengthens me. In Hebrew, that Greek, uh, that Greek word of strengthen means I can handle, I can carry it. It didn't say I can go through it. It didn't say I can, I can do it more than I can handle it. Why? Because Matthew 11 says, 
take my yoke upon you and learn of me. What does that mean? We, were, we didn't even plan this, y'all. Do you know what they, you know one of the songs they sang today? Remember that song? I'm trading in my what? I'm trading it in. We didn't plan that. I'm trading in. That's saying, Jesus telling us in Matthew 11, if you pursue me, I'll take that heavy burden off you. Whether it's uh, unpaid bills, whether it's cancer, whether it's the, the, the young, young men being died, killed before their time, whether it's COVID-19, whatever it is, I can take that from you if you're willing to come and take my yoke, my burden. What are you saying? You're going to have a burden now. I'm going to give you a burden, but it's going to be a burden that's lighter than yours. And what's that burden? Salvation. That burden is helping witness. Proclaim liberty to the captives. Help me witness to the people of God. Help them have the light that you have inside of you. Tell people about the good news. Preach good tidings. Tell people about the thing that set you free. You take that burden, I'll take the other stuff off. What are you saying? You take care of my business, I'll take care of yours. That's what he's saying. I'm amen. I got a witness. You take care of my business, I'll take care of your business. Pursue Jesus. Last thing. Pursuit of Jesus. Philippians 2. It's last, last part right here. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. One of my favorite ones right here. Have this same attitude in yourselves, which was in who? Christ Jesus. What was that attitude? Look to him as your example in selfless humility. What's that saying? God is telling us to give up rights. Give up rights to yourself. Give up rights to yourself. Give up your rights. Whatever rights you have for yourself, give it up. Lose your own self-interest. It, it don't mean that you don't take into account things you desire. What it says is, it says, deny yourself. Deny yourself. Take up your what? Cross. Again, main, main connection, take it up your cross. That connection is, take my burden, I'll take yours. Take up, take up your cross. Meaning, what? is the assignment that God has given you. Can I tell you one of the number one thing, ways that Jesus tries to steal your identity? I mean, Satan, excuse me. The number one thing, the reason why and how he tries to take your identity is by clouding you with so much drama, so much stuff, so much trauma, making you so occupied, so busy, so worried, so stressed. Watch this. As you forget that there's a call on your life. Did you forget that? And I ain't talking about standing in front of the pulpit and preaching. I'm talking about the assignment God has given you that you won't even take time to hear because you, because He's got you so preoccupied with other stuff that don't have no eternal value. What am I saying? Meaning, what matters when Jesus returns in your life should be the thing that matters right now. That's how you do it. Take into account the things that matter to your life right now, and say this: Does that matter when Jesus returns? Do it when you go home today. Do some inventory. Does this matter? Does that matter? Whatever matters when Jesus returns is the only thing I should be focusing on right now. Just take, take into account. Think about it. Think about it. Now, I don't mean you don't take care of, well, Jesus don't care about my clean uh, cabinets, so I ain't cleaning my cabinets. He don't care about me um, washing clothes, so I ain't washing clothes. Y'all, don't be silly. Don't do that. <laughs> be responsible. What I'm saying is the weight, the value, the heaviness we place on things 
the thing that got us caught cussing people out and yelling and howling and stressing and getting headaches and having high blood pressure on stuff, that stuff. So you, don't got, you don't have high blood pressure over laundry. <laughs> I'm talking about that other stuff. Whatever matters when Jesus returns, that's what should matter right now. Having the same mind, attitude, and senseless humility, who although he existed in the form and unchanging essence of God, watch this, he was one with him. He possessed the fullness of the divine attributes, the entire nature of deity. He did not regard, regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted as if he did not already possess it. What am I saying? He ain't walk around every day saying, I'm on God's level. Nah, he ain't have to do that. When you know who you are, you ain't got to tell nobody. When you know who you are, you ain't got to walk around like you were all that, like I told you about the Rileys. When you know who you are, you just live. The just shall live by faith. The just don't live by how I feel about my faith. See, we sometimes fall so much in love with how we worship God that we don't fall in love with God who we worship. I was counseling somebody the other day and they were talking about how, um, you know, I, I'm really trying to work on how I pray. I work on how I study. I need to work on how I fast. I'm really working on how I do this for God, how I do it for God. I said, stop. I said, the way you live for God is starting to become your worship. You're starting to become more um, uh, involved and passionate about how you love God than just loving God. They said, oh my goodness. They said, I said, yeah, you're, and that becomes self-righteousness. And you become holding up, I gotta get up in 15, 15 minutes, I gotta get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, I gotta get up in the and then when you don't do it, then you fall, then you feel like you failed really yourself, not God. Well, what did he do? Go to verse seven for me. He emptied himself, Jesus emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity, meaning he didn't, he didn't discredit his value, but he emptied himself, temporarily giving up the outward expression of divine equality and his rightful dignity, meaning he became sin for us. But, by, but he also became more than, a, more than sin for us first. He became a form of a bond servant. Being made in likeness of men, he became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man. And he was found in outward appearance as a man for a divinely appointed time. He humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. Somebody say, humble yourself. When you want to pursue Jesus, you humble yourself. See, you are a human. Human comes from the word, humus comes from the word ground, meaning be low. If you want to be high, you got to be low. You got to be low. For this reason, God has highly exalted him, bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, I said it earlier, every knee shall bow of those who are in heaven and on, and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess and openly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father. Y'all, we love God's messenger so much. And you heard me talk about Bishop Riley. But sometimes, y'all, and this, I'm, I'm saying it to y'all, and I'm saying it to the atmosphere as well. Sometimes we hold God's messengers up as rock stars. I mean, we might as well put posters of Bishop Jakes on the wall, posters of Mike Todd, and posters of all these celebrity preachers, when in actuality, we got to remember who they're preaching for. And don't fall so in love with God's messengers that you don't fall in love with the one they're preaching about. There's this fine line that we got to watch, y'all. Make it very simple and plain. You either go to it, 1 Peter 1, 15 and 17. I think Bishop John may have mentioned this scripture. You want to make it plain and simple? Instead of wanting to do what Jesus did, want to be who he was, watch this. 15 through 17 says very simple. 
I'll summarize it. Be ye holy for I am holy. He said in all manner of conversation. And that don't mean talking. Conversation means the way you live your life. See, your life is a conversation. Corinthians says your life is like a letter. It's a, re a written epistle. It's a letter. Read of all men. Thank you. Read of all men. People read you. People read you. They want to know if they don't ever read the Bible, they will read your life. And so because they'll read your life, be holy so they can read who? The life of Jesus. See what I'm saying? If you want people to be like, if you want to be like Jesus, you want to live in out his influence, be holy. So what does being holy mean? Bishop, I was looking at this. I thought Bishop, I thought being holy meant you can't do this, can't do that, can't do this, can't do that, can't do this, can't do that. I'm going to challenge you all to read earlier in the scriptures of 1 Peter um, uh, 15. 1 Peter 1, I want you to read earlier in that scripture. It talks about giving up those former lusts, walking ignorant, walking like you have no Holy Ghost. See, here's the thing, y'all. If you want to be holy, it's best to have who Jesus sent, which is the Holy Ghost. Plain and simple, you can't be holy without the Holy Ghost. Boom! Drop the mic, Katrina! You can't be holy without the Holy Ghost. And who sent the Holy Ghost? Pursuing after Jesus. He said, because they were like, man, don't go, Jesus. Disciples said, don't go, Jesus. We all disciples. Don't go, Jesus. He said, no. If I don't go, you won't have the comforter. If I don't go, you won't have that internal guide. See, right now, you, I'm, I'm here on the earth, and you're doing what I did. But when I leave, I'll send the spirit so you can be who I am. The Bible says, as Jesus was sent, so he sends you. We cannot abdicate our responsibility to be like Jesus and walk out what our calling is. But the reason why I said pursue Jesus, because I don't want you, Miss Wright, to walk out of here and just be like Jesus and forget that there's an assignment on your life. There's a calling on your life. And the reason why he said pursue Jesus, I didn't say pursue your calling, because sometimes, Katrina, people start worshiping their calling and they don't worship Jesus. Meaning they start working for God so much, they never work with him. They work for Jesus so much. I'm working for Jesus for a long time, and I ain't tired yet. And he said, when are you going to work with me? Because now you're doing your own thing. You're going to places I ain't even tell you to go. You're saying things I ain't even tell you to say. I told you to say that, and you praying that. I told you to pray that, and you saying that. And when you're working with God, you walk in step with God so much so, Bishop and Pastor Riley, that you have to even think about the fact that I'm living for God, you're just living for God. It's called reconciliation, y'all. It's called the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? When Jesus, who is the last Adam, trying to restore what the first Adam messed up. What do you mean? Oh, you didn't know? When the first Adam was on the earth, he never had to pray. Why did he have to pray? He didn't have to pray because he walked with God. They were so one, he had to pray. Because they, they, were, they were too one. Prayer came, prayer came, excuse me, when there was sin that separated God's man from God. Sin came and caused death. Death of righteousness. And so when sin separated us, we had to pray in order to get back in alignment. So praying for things is low-level praying amiss. Praying to be one with God 
As the Lord said in the same scripture, it talks about the spirit of the Lord's at liberty. I pray that you be one. This is you and I are one. As Jesus prayed to us, to pray for us. That is when we're walking out the life, liberty, and in the pursuit of Jesus. We are walking with God so much so to my prayer life is a lifestyle. By your head, close your eyes. I said earlier that life, liberty, and the pursuit of Jesus is not levels. It's, a, it's our way of living. Where if we want life, if we want liberty, then we go after Jesus. We go after him with everything we got. We understand now that the distractions of devil's sins is only to keep us from looking at Jesus. Just like Peter, when he was in the boat, and the winds, and the waves, and the boisterous winds were an adverse, they were against him, and they made his vision of Jesus blurry. He couldn't see through all the wind and the waves and the water. But what he could do, he could hear. I want to tell you right now, people of God, when you can't see, don't forget that you can hear. And when you can't see God sometimes, make sure you're listening to his voice. If you're in the room right now and you're saying, man, I have to walk more in step with the Lord. I have been walking a little disjointed from the Father. If you, I want everybody to stand right now. If that is you and you want a closer walk with thee, I want you to come to the altar right now. Come to the altar if you believe that you need a closer walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you are there or standing back because you're saying I want a social distance, that's fine. What I am saying is this. When somebody says a closer walk, my, me, myself, I'm praying, I'm speaking this message because that this is my heart's desire. I want, a, I want a closer walk. I probably would have been the first one up here. Because you can never be close as you want to be because that won't happen until you actually get to be transformed to the same image. So I know you maybe thought that meant just you wanna, you, you're not living for God. But I will ask this. If you're in here right now and you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, turn the music down a little bit. It might be louder for me than it is for them, but if you turn down a little bit, it's fine. But you may say, you want a closer walk with the Lord or you're not living for God and you want to, you have to come up. Just slip your hand up right now and say, I'm, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus, but I want to be. Lift your hands and then bring it back down. It's fine. One thing I do know is that I'm, people are also watching and listening online as well. Thank you all for those who already done that. Put their hand up, put it down. Bow your head, close your eyes. We're going to pray. And those who are listening and watching, and I'm glad this is actually going out virtually because this will be out there forever. Because our life with Jesus has no ending. Say this with me. Say, Lord, I know that you made this day just for me to be closer to you. I admit that there are things about my life that are a little separated from things about your life. There are times, Lord, when I don't think what you think, I don't say what you say, and I don't do what you do. 
Lord, I want to be more like you. You're on your way back. And because you're on your way back, I want to be found like you when you return. Say, so will you come into my heart? Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Will you forgive me of all of my sins that have separated me from you? And by the power of your Holy Ghost, I ask you to fill me and help me to live the life of Christ in you and for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I want to tell you something. If Jesus Christ is on his way back, it only makes sense to spend your life and time with him so when he returns, you won't be caught off guard. Or we all will be caught not knowing when he's coming, but his presence will be more familiar to you if you make his presence a lifestyle right now. I heard a man of God say this, that the most dominant, he said this, he said, your life will go in the direction of your most dominant thought. I'll say it again. He said, your life will go in the direction of your most dominant thought. Meaning, whatever you think the most, so will you be. As a man thinking in his heart, so is he. So if it's, him, if it's in him you live and move and have your being, then that's how you will live your life. I bless the Lord for your lives. Thank God. Thank God. Thank you for the word that you allow me to minister, God. And I pray that this word that was preached go directly to the souls of your people. Amen. Amen. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.